What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in and listening to another Valor podcast. My name is Ryan. I'm one of the pastors here at Harvest Riverside, and I love serving alongside the men of our church and also the young adults ministry as well. And so both of these ministries are special to me since they were an instrument of grace in different seasons of my life as I was growing and maturing in the Lord, and even a place where I found comfort in times of difficulties and different seasons of life. And so I'd say this, and, and maybe you can probably relate to these things, but growing the Lord is not always easy. It's not a walk in the park. It's not smooth sailing in the wind. In fact, most of the time, our faith is being refined by fire. It's a road least traveled, not a road of least resistance. Regardless, our faith is compelling us to move forward in pursuing Christ, honoring Him in our lives, and making Him known in our city. Uh, For when we live by faith and obey the Word of God, God does a wonderful work in our spiritual maturity transforming our minds, our hearts, and conforming us to the image of Jesus. This theological term for the work done by the Spirit through the Word is called sanctification, which is the ongoing process of holiness in the Christian life. With that said, let us continue our study in the book of James, looking at chapter 1, verses 19 through 27. The passage can be really summed up into three sections, and most people would agree to this and have said this, that it is a letting, the doing, and the blessing. In verse 19, the Word of God says, Knowing this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. This exhortation tells us that this is not necessarily a new thought or a topic within James's letter, but it allows us to see the connection and cohesiveness with what he has already said and also what is going to be said in the future. Previously, James said in verse 18 of his own will, talking about the Father, brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of creatures. I want to emphasize the word here, or the phrase here, the word of truth, which God chose to bring us forward in faith, that we would receive salvation. This points the reader to the message of the gospel and how the gospel helps us in our moments of trials and temptations, which is an ongoing theme in James's letter. This message of truth tells us the story of Jesus's life, death, and resurrection, that Jesus uh, did a work for us on the cross, that those who believe in him by faith would no longer be enslaved to sin, but be free in Christ. Jesus once said to a crowd of Jews in John 18, 31 and 33, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The word of truth then makes it possible for us to move away from things that tempt us, like sin and other things, and move us towards things that are true and holy. It could simply be said that James is instructing the believer on how not to give into temptation during the season of hardship, that instead the word of God becomes the believer's first resource and comfort. God's word then must have our full attention during all seasons of life. This is wisdom from above. It is a daily proverb that we all can take in wherever the Lord calls us. 
God's word is teaching Christians that our voices should not be the loudest in our lives. But let me ask you a question. How many of us have experienced a brother who's going through a trial, hard trial, who really never stops talking about their problems? Someone probably popped in your head right now. It may even be the person who's sitting next to you, listening to this podcast with you, or it might even be yourself. However, this person won't just stop talking about their problems. It becomes a constant and it even starts hijacking other conversations. In doing so, they actually reverse this proverb here and become quick to speak and slow to hear. God's word says that this is a sign of immaturity. For the word tells us that when we go through trials, that our mouths should remain shut and that our ears should be wide open, ready to receive. But what are we ready to receive? Well, it says here that we're ready to receive the word of God. Here, the word says to put away wickedness and to receive the word that has already been implanted in us in humility. It is crucial for us to hear the source for our transformation, the implanted word of God. For when we receive the word, letting God's voice be the loudest in our lives, the spirit of God convicts us and calls us to live in a life and conform to God's holy word. Thus, letting the implanted word do what it does best, it causes us to become more like Jesus in the midst of our trial. Today, we take notice that the word of God must be implanted in our hearts. It does no good for the Bible to stay on some bookshelf in our house, but it's only when the word of God is sowed into our soul that it produces spiritual fruit and helps us fight against sin. I love what Psalm 119.11 says, it says, your word have I stored in my heart that I might not sin against you. Therefore, let us be encouraged to read, to meditate, to memorize the word of God so that we can use it in all seasons of life. Next, James tells us that listening is not enough. Verse 22 says, we must be doers of the word and not hearers only. This doing of God's word allows God to have his way within us, calling us to repent from self-deception. We must then do what he says. For according to 2 Timothy 3.16, the scriptures are breathed out by God, training us in righteousness and producing a completeness and equipping us for every good work. Doing what God says is a sign of true maturity in the Lord. This maturity starts by taking God's word seriously, allowing it to affect our heads, our hearts, and our hands. As one commentator said, it is turning your profession of faith into action. What you know about God must lead you to practice what he has said or what you believe. If we fail to do this while still calling ourselves Christian, James says that we are deceiving ourselves, being misled by our own sinfulness. Verse 23 and 24 says, He is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is like. In the first century, mirrors were not as the same value as we have them today. An ancient mirror was a polished metal and not necessarily the clearest, and it could have imperfections. The mirror would allow the seer to examine themselves as they got closer to it. It is interesting to note that the scriptures point out that the person who is looking into the mirror sees his natural face. This detail allows us to understand that the man can see all of his face 
and he intentionally looks closely. He sees his nose, his eyes, his wrinkles, his blemishes, and everything else on his face. Yet when he looks away, it says that he forgets what he truly looks like. But what is the mere metaphor? Well, first, in verse 23, we see that the mirror is the word of God, giving us the ability to see our true human nature. God's mirror helps us inspect our soul to make corrections so that our soul may be perfected or sanctified by the divine truth. See, the fool looks in the mirror, sees his imperfections, and at once walks away and forgets his dire need for Jesus. But the wise man who hears the word of God and becomes an active doer of it, looks into the mirror, sees his imperfections, and begins to remedy his soul by the grace found in Jesus. James says in verse 25, the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being not a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. As James gives a second beatitude or blessing to the one who trusts and lives for God's law, for this man who does so looks intently into the mirror and sees the value of it in all of life. Understanding this, we realize what effect the whole law can have on the person who lives by it. Psalm 19.7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statues of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. God's word then is a blessing to those who become perfected by it. For it has the power to transform us and make us wise for salvation. It sets us apart from our old nature, which has died in Christ and allows us really to put on our new nature which is being renewed and lived out in Jesus's resurrection. For if we live in Christ, we are given the ability to be doers of God's word. This is the liberty we now have. For in Christ, the law has been fulfilled and completed. And since he, Christ, has done this, we can graciously live a life of obedience, enjoying its fruits as God originally designed. It's as if we look into the mirror and we rejoice because we see Jesus instead of ourselves. This way of life is liberating. When listening and acting upon God's word, it becomes a heavenly blessing to the ones whose souls gaze upon the law and delight in it for all of life. For Jesus himself told his disciples, blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Luke eleven twenty eight. It is here we hear the word of Christ echoing through the letter of James. In closing, James leaves us with a sobering test for our doing. He says in verse 26, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religious is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. To sum it up, the word of God says that the, the proof is in our response. It is seen in the presence of our demonstrations. Our faith then is to be practicing mercy, to no longer live for the pleasures of this world, but to rather live as servants of the Lord who hear and obey God's word. 
One of the ways you can put your faith into motion is by serving in this year's Harvest Crusade. We are looking for volunteers who are eager to serve the Lord and be doers of God's word. To be doers in God's word means to embrace the Great Commission and to make disciples of all nations. And so I would hope that as you're listening to this podcast that you would prayerfully consider serving. Or maybe it's about getting your whole small group to serve together this year at the Harvest Crusades. However, as the Lord leads, let us partner in the gospel to see more lives impacted by the message of Jesus, allowing the word of Christ to be implanted in the lives of others and also in ourselves. Well, this is all that I have for this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. And until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word that has been implanted in us, and we thank you even for this podcast as it goes out and blesses others as they travel or as they're going to work or as they're uh, just um, sitting down and listening to it, Lord. Uh, We pray that uh, your word would go forth and that we would not only be listening and hearing, but Lord, we would be doing and obeying. And so we thank you, Lord, that you give us the power to obey and do your word. And so we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.